I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1979. The album is The Muppet Movie. The artist, The Muppets? Jim Henson and The Muppets? I don't know what we say when it comes to something like this. My guest is Ned Hastings. Thank you for being here via Skype. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. First of all, I, have, I happen to have this album on vinyl, uh, even though the cover is marred by an advertisement to tell you to vote for it for, for the Oscars. Um, <laughs> it's like a giant sticker on the front. But I'm wondering what made you pick that. Now, I know we went through a lot of options. We did, yeah. But, you know, you've heard Sorry. the show before, so you wanted to make sure it was something that hasn't been done. So what? why this one? Um, well, what struck me, and I'm trying to remember now which interview it was, but you got onto a tangent with one of your other guests about... Um, a soundtrack, and I can't remember even which soundtrack it was now, um, but something along these lines. And we had been, you and I had been going back and forth about um, possible albums. And of course, you know, <laughs> I got turned on to this because I work with Dave Willis and, and Casper Kelly, and Dave Willis took Steve Martin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so did Andy Merrill. And, uh, you know, basically everyone associated with Adult Swim uh, picked a Steve Martin album. And, um, and then, you know, it just became, well, what, what can we do that's going to be maybe that hasn't been touched yet? And then I thought, well, gosh, you know, the Muppet soundtracks, not just this one, but great Muppet caper. And I also have the, the, the Christmas album with John Denver. Oh, wow. Um, awesome. all those, yeah, all those I got on, well, I mean, yes, it is <laughs> all those I got on vinyl and, um, you know, when they were new and when I was a kid and I know them backward and forward yeah. and, um, so I just thought, well, gosh, that's one. That's interesting. And then you you responded saying that you had been feeling like you had been neglecting Jim Henson on the show. So Absolutely. That I'm all over that. I'm over I'm all over not neglecting Jim Henson. <laughs> I love that guy. Of course. I mean, how do you not? I, this is <laughs> this is also I I heard this one for the first time today. Uh, I know the film obviously and it's one of my favorites of all right. time and the ending always makes me cry like a little baby. Um, yeah, but sure. this, I didn't know what to expect. And again, it's very, very, very straightforward provided the one that I yeah. have is not something special that was sent to Academy members and it doesn't look like it is. So I wouldn't think so. No, no. And what's neat about it. And I was thinking about why, um, I, I've got to back up a little bit. I, I was a soundtrack kid, which is really weird. I'm sure to most <laughs> people, but I just was, I, um, I fell in love with movies when I saw Star Wars, like most everybody else. I was 10. Uh, I was just a week or so shy of my 11th birthday. So it was right in that, I was right in that wheelhouse, mm-hmm. you know. And I got that soundtrack. And um, in, in fact, now that I think about it, or I, I've thought about this before, I believe that soundtrack may have been the first, like, because it was on the charts. It was a big album. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loved that movie. Everybody bought that. That was probably the first, like, on the charts new album I ever owned was the Star Wars soundtrack. Yeah. And and again, you're also dealing with a 10-year-old kid who likes orchestral music. I'm not sure what that's about, but that was just me. I just loved it. I've always responded to it. I've always thought it was beautiful, and I love that. So what's interesting about that album and then again about this album is they take you through the movie. 
they start you at the beginning yeah. and take you through chronologically. And in 1979, or in Star Wars's case, 1977, you know, we didn't have v- you know, VCRs and VHS players and or beta, or if, you know, we didn't, and some people did. I mean, you know, Bob Crane, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> um, you know, there are people that had, you know, professional people who had that stuff, but people didn't have that in their homes. And so the only way to sort of recreate that vibe of going to the movie was the soundtrack um although star wars you did have the story of star wars i did have the story of star wars also and that's another thing entirely but in this case that was kind of my way to kind of relive the movie um was was the soundtrack and so yeah they do they start you at the beginning with uh with rainbow connection now there's not a lot of um uh, incident, what I would call incidental music, right, um, right, just melodic stuff. There's, there's the one, um, um, non-vocal, you know, non-vocal instrumental only version of Miss Piggy's big, big mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, and then there's a little bit of of music, like kind of where the big, right before you get to the, right before they get to L.A., like the kind of big last push before they get to Hollywood that. That theme that I remember, by the way, playing in the trailer and playing in the TV spots for the music, okay. for the movie. Um, but other than that, it's just the songs. It's like the song highlights, because, of course, it's a musical. What struck me is that that instrumental version of Never Before Never Again is a full minute and 20 longer than the, the one with vocals on it. And I was just sitting, and I, don't get me wrong, I love these songs, but I really love it when the Muppets are singing them. I'm like, when is this fucking ending? How yeah, long is this yeah, song? Yeah. And as a kid, when I would listen to it, you know, I mean, I guess you could go over and pick up the needle and move it, but we didn't do that. And sure. I didn't do that much. I would just sort of let it go and just kind of like, all right, I'm going to sit through this for a second. And then... <laughs> was I, used a... to listen, I used to listen to it to go to sleep too i see i can see that a lot um a lot you know in the summers when you're by 79 i was 12 you know i was 12 almost 13 and that's that age where you're just like you can't go anywhere it's after a certain time of night you know sure you know you're just sort of bored you're too young you're too old to be a kid and you're too young to be anything else (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i remember just that was how I got how I would make myself go to sleep after I'd finished watching Benny Hill and Johnny Carson and whatever else was on. That were the, I, you know, were all the first albums you had soundtracks? Did you have a or did you have any comedy albums to begin with as well? I did have comedy. Well, I mean, I had um, uh, obviously I had Let's Get Small, um, huge, huge, huge. Actually, it, funny thing is, it was my brother's, and I just just spirited it away from his room, and I still mm-hmm. have it. <laughs> um, and then I did, and then by 79, I guess wild and crazy guy had come out too, right? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I had that, um, you and I talked about the first family. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had, I still have my parents album of the first family and I used to listen to that. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what else. There, there was a, a, a there was a Jerry Clower album around the house okay, yeah. that, that actually, I gotta tell you, it kind of made me laugh. It really? Didn't, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I, I probably would now. But I have I didn't to look. Then. I know I've got one or two of his, and I have not listened to them yet. But I do have one or two of those sitting around. Yeah, and his I don't albums know are weird. Like I, I don't remember ever seeing one in the store. I don't even know where we got this. <laughs> it seems like he could like it, it was like did he 
did he do like nightclubs or did he just do like corporate events and stuff right yeah no that's a very good question because i mean i i have that one i have that recently got the pat buttram album which again did not know what to expect or that <laughs> he ever did Trump. that he ever even did stand up but it wasn't really it was just emceeing shit so i heard he was really filthy where did i hear that I, that wouldn't i've also heard that i've heard that his stand up because he did do stand up i found out later but uh, i i have heard that his stand up is filthy and i think i've had that confirmed by uh, well, at least Rob Paulson came on the show and said when he met Pat Buttram that he made a mildly dirty joke, but that he was notoriously pretty filthy. That may be actually where I heard it. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of my information from your I'll, show. I'll take it. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to hear my fat, my Pat Buttram story? Yes, uh, please. This will give you a, this will give everybody a good idea of what a weird kid I was. This will be I, the um, third Pat Buttram story in the history of the show, by the way. That Everyone me. needs a good Pat Buttram. This isn't even a good Pat Buttram. <laughs> by the way, this is not just a Pat Buttram story. It's also a George Goober Lindsay story. Ooh, all right. Um, when, uh, in the Goober, of course, in quotes. When I was, uh, gosh, again, like three or four years old the movie the aristocats uh-huh. came out and we went to see it and um those two play two dogs oh yeah right okay they're these country dogs <clears throat> they're supposed to be in france but they they're country so they sound like pat buttram and george goober Lindsay. and um they're what their names are lafayette napoleon i believe <laughs> that's right that's and, right and um so i'm like three or four we had been watching Green Acres on TV and we'd been watching Andy Griffith on TV and I recognized their voices. And to me, I, I think that's just really strange. I don't know. You know, when you're a kid, you don't always necessarily think that these aren't, that there's an actor somewhere recording this stuff and then somebody else animating it. But I remember being in the theater and going, that's that's Mr. Mr. Haney and <laughs> that's that's Goober. And yeah, that's I don't know. I, I don't know if that's weird or not. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and I mean, I know that when I when I first noticed, specifically Rob Paulson, when I first noticed his voice in another show, I felt super proud of myself. It was also kind of weirded out that like, oh, they're like the same people, or it's not just like one person per show. I don't know. I don't know what my thought what what the thought process <laughs> is. But when you're a kid, logic is not logic. So right, yeah. Um, but it's different yeah. also when it's like your experience was two guys with very distinct voices. Sure, um, absolutely. Goober, yeah, and I guess I'm not. Voice. It's not that I'm that impressed that I recognized, like, because their voices are very distinct. Sure, but I think it was. I think it. I think it's funny that I was able to sort of grasp the idea because immediately you've got to you've got to reconcile that you've got to figure out why these voices are coming out of these cartoon characters. Yeah, when you don't really necessarily think about. It. And also, Ava Gabor is in that movie. Oh my god! And she yeah. was on Green Acres also. <laughs> Um, and then, by the way, years later, when we saw um, the Rescuers, mm-hmm. and you've got Bob Newhart playing a character who is very much like the Bob Newhart we knew from TV, uh-huh. and that was probably my first experience in a cartoon. Thinking, 
oh, wow, this cartoon character is sort of suited to this persona we were already familiar with. Yeah, huh. So he, because I, we watched that show religiously, that Saturday night CBS lineup was a must, was, was, we, we, we just watched it, all of it. Yeah. Oh, as such a kid. A good, such a good show. Oh, man, so good. Yeah, because you had Mary Tyler Moore at nine and Bob Newhart at 9.30 and Carol Burnett at 10, from 10 to 11. I wish there was no. a way that I could shoehorn any of those talking. I mean, we, we did once. We had Jay Sandrich on the show, and we talked about I those know you did. in bits and I pieces. I know you did. And that was fun. And, I mean, I just forced it. I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'll talk to him. But there's like I think the only vinyl that, that might have, unless there, you know, every once in a while you would find, I have an all-in-the-family record, and that's got... <laughs> I don't know. It looks like it might actually be clips from the show. Which Baby Joey's theme. <laughs> like, it just, it, I got really psyched that there might actually be bits off of the show, in which case, God. then I could talk about All in the Family, I guess, even though I don't know it that well. But the only, like... Oh, yeah, you want, like, skits or something, right? Yeah, that's that's my guess, is, like, maybe here's a funny scene, uh, and I, I won't make the off-color jokes I'm thinking of, uh, just the worst of the episodes becoming... <laughs> Uh, but there is an album, and I don't know if we've talked about this before or not. Maybe Jeff Abraham might have mentioned it before, but there is a record. It's a big-time collector album that is was released for the second New Heart show, just New Heart, that was New just Heart. for okay. cast and crew. And oh. it's a Sgt. Pepper cover with New Heart and other cast members on the cover. And uh, Tom yeah. Poston. Yep, yep. And you can get it for a hundred, a couple hundred, depending. Peter Scolari. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh wow. And I don't know what's on it. I have seen it in person only once at Arnie Cogan's house, and I desperately wanted to say, "What are you doing with oh. that? Could I please have it?" Um, yeah. But did not. I was kind. But yeah, that's that's the only. There's not a lot of like you don't. I don't get. I'm not going to get the opportunity to talk about a lot of classic TV on the show for that very reason. You know. Sure. Right. Except for as it. As it applies to our influences, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that 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 will happen because There's... those shows were big, big, big influences on me. Major influences. Sure. Yeah. They're they're huge. I'm I'm still trying to buy all the new heart, the original new hearts on on DVD. Same with Mary Tyler Moore and all those. They're just God. They're I've phenomenal. Got all, I've got all of them. I've got all. I, uh, you know, New Heart was one of those that came out with. I can't remember. Was it? I can't. I guess it was like paramount tv or whoever kind of had the video rights they they came out with them and they stopped it like the third season Oy. all right and i had those and then then rhino came out with a f- the five season set so oh, I, had, okay. I bought i bought that and then <laughs> sold my other ones on on half.com um so i've got all those and i've actually been ever since mary tyler moore died now it's been about a month i guess i've been not going through the entire series but jumping through the entire series and like you know i started with the obvious you know chuckles bites of course of course and you know um the final episode is really good and then i was like well i'll watch the first episode and kind of see and it's interesting how um you know like every show it's not hitting its gears yet Mm -hmm. at the beginning but anyway um man jay sandwich is just all over that show oh yeah big time i mean he's everywhere and and when you did that episode and i listened to it and i i guess as a kid i used to just read credits too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) because i knew that name i knew who jay sandwich was and then years later when i uh years ago now when i worked um my first job was at turner home entertainment which was the home video division of turner before it merged with time warner and turner owned the rko library and i got really familiar with oh sure uh 
the Astaire Rogers movies. And most of those, I'd say more than half, were directed by Mark Sandwich, yeah. who was Jay's father, including Top Hat, which is, of course, most people oh, yeah, right. can you know, name that as like the quintessential Fred and Ginger movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, I always wondered if if they were related, and you you confirmed that for me. Well, good. See, I, this show is a source of research for one person. I will take that. <laughs> Do you now? You mentioned in your emails that uh, uh-huh. that there that the the two seeming uh, the the two currents of influence that seem to go through at, at least Adult Swim were Steve Martin and the Muppets. Were those the two that you said? Muppets was one of yeah, them. Yeah, they're re- they're frequent recurrences um and when i you know when i say adult swim you know now it's gotten a lot bigger but when it started it was a lot smaller and when mm-hmm. i started i was working on aqua teen hunger force and that was created by dave willis and matt malero and both dave and matt are big steve martin fans mm-hmm. so we had that in common and then matt was i don't think i don't know if dave being a big muppet fan but matt malero is um he's a big muppet fan so we had that in common. And then Andy Merrill was around. I think he's a big Muppet and Steve Martin fan also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they both they both crop up a lot as being favorites for, for people. And um I'm not sure I'm not sure why mm-hmm. uh, as a common as a common thread. I know why I loved them. Yeah. Um yeah. you know. Um, I, I do feel like the Muppets have, if uh, not in the same way, but there there's a couple, at least a generational gap between them and the Warner Brothers cartoons in terms of influence that are you know things that are for also for adults, but that are perfectly yeah. suited to kids. Yeah, yeah, and you know the show. You, I don't know. It was syndicated, so I don't know what time it came on or what night it came on everywhere else mm-hmm. in the world. But in in my world in atlanta it was on seven o'clock on saturday night mm-hmm. and so it was that you know they used to call that prime time but it was that kind of pre-prime time what i would call hour and but it's fam that's the family hour mm-hmm. you know that's the that's the after dinner family hour and so you know like yeah like you said with the warner brothers cartoons it it it, it appealed to kids but it it appealed to grown-ups yeah um and um you know, there was a, it was a sort of a, a meta show in a way the show was, cause it was a backstage show. Mm-hmm. You know, you had things that happened on stage, quote unquote, and then conversation backstage. Like that's where you saw Scooter. Cause oh, right, he was yeah. the, he was the stage hand. So you wouldn't see, see, say, see Scooter in like, you know, pigs in space. Right. You know? You'd see him. And the great thing is they'd have a sketch like Pigs in Space, for instance, and then they'd cut to the back stage and Kermit would be like, you know, where to go, guys? And they'd come off stage. You'd see them coming off the stage and like going by and congratulating each other and laughing at the, at the you know, how well it went. And uh, and, and, and so there, there was a weird kind of inside out quality to that show that, that I think I got a big kick out of. Yeah. Yeah, that's not something that you that you get to see. uh in much else for kids that I can think of it, man, that's a good, I hadn't right. thought about that. And yeah, which I think maybe is partially why the Muppet movie, at least for me becomes relevant more and more. The more I know about the ins, ins and outs of the industry, the more it actually feels more legit. And I, I don't know if that's just me, but, or me being over emotional, but that definitely seems to be the case for myself. What's that? The more, the movie seems yeah, the legit? movie, the movie, uh, with the movie, 
and the, the show as well. But like, I don't know. I just I feel like it, it emotionally resonates with me more the older I get. Uh, even uh-huh. if, even if the comedy gets every once in a while, maybe gets a little stale. But I'll, I'll never not like the Muppets. I'll always love the Muppets. But like, right. I, I think the thing that does grow with it is that desperate love for entertaining as as a thing and as a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's in the show, but it's heavily in this film. And I don't, it is. you know, it's, and I don't it really is. And I don't know if that's in my subconscious. I don't know if it's always been there. And that's one of the reasons I'm an entertainer. But I will tell you, it's one of those things that in the darkest nights in my, in my 20s, I was like, oh, but Kermit still wanted to do it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that says yeah. about me. <laughs> well, that whole, the big number at the end, mm-hmm. the magic storm, mm-hmm. is all about, you know, you know, I mean, the, God, I could, I could sit here and almost recite the, the the lyric, but it's like you know, talks about when you're a kid and you and you get the bug and you're making you're you're the class clown and you're making faces in the mirror at home and you know then the first time somebody really responds to you know your behavior, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that you're hooked. Yeah, and that's that's all there is to it. And um, you know I'm not a performer. Um, I've been lucky enough to be asked to do voiceovers here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am by no means a performer, but I did have that bug and I, and I channeled it into the creative process. It, as far as I'm concerned, that's my quote unquote performance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, but it's, the, it's, for, it's the same impulse. Absolutely. And again, this goes back to star Wars because that tied into star Wars was not just a movie. I fell in love with. I fell in love with finding out how they did it. Okay, yeah. And that they had a documentary that aired. I remember it airing on PBS, but it's somebody else that it aired on one of the networks. But, you know, it was um, the making of Star Wars. And they showed matte paintings and they showed Ben Burt out there banging on high, you know, high tension wires with a hammer to make the blast sounds. And, you know, another kid may see that and have the whole losing shattered for him. But I, it just made everything better for me. Along in search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity knocks once Let's reach out and grab it yeah. Together we'll nab it Real hitchhike bus or yellow cabin Cabin? Moving right along Footloose and fancy free Getting there is half the fun Come share it with me Moving right along Song is sounding better, Fuzzy. Moving right along, we found a life on the highway. And your way is my way. So trust my navigation. California, here we come. Come high in the sky, man. Palm trees and warm sand. Though sadly, we just left Rhode Island. We did what? Just forget it. I'm moving right along. And that was when I, you know, that was the beginning for me. That's where I, that's how I got started. Well, I, am. I mean, it's the same kind of story Dad being an asshole at school. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of story where if, if I've so many, so many times heard comedians, not necessarily on my show, say this, but on other shows say, you know, they're watching TV and like, oh, shit, that's something I could do. Well, I mean, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. look at a movie, a fully a full put together movie and say that's something I could do until you see right. the puzzle pieces. And it's like, oh, well, shit, that yeah. is something maybe uh, that's approachable. Those people look like me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
it was certainly that's something I want to do, whether I whether it seems feasible or not, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. I just was, and you know, I just became a. I wasn't a great reader as a kid. I'm still not a great reader, but I would read every article I could get my hands on, and I saved them. By the way, that's so I have good. a box. I'm not surprised. Um, and it, <laughs> and it, yeah, right. And uh, and it's got original. Uh, articles that were in the newspaper. It's got original reviews. It's got, oh I cut God. out, um, I cut out newspaper ads. I've got like a new, I don't know how many newspaper ads from star Wars, like in various sizes where it's like held over 100th smash week, wow. you know, back when a movie did well and they would just keep it in the theater yeah, yeah. and star Wars, star Wars just stayed in the theater for like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like when, when he retooled it the first time and added a new hope. Yeah. I I I think they just pulled the old prints and put out new prints. I'm not even sure it was ever off circulation. Oh my God. Um, I mean, I know I saw it. I didn't see it till the end of that summer, and I saw it five times. Mm-hmm. And I did, and not not close together, or maybe four times. But still, anyway. Um, so it's interesting, actually. I can't talk. I almost can't talk about one without talking about the other, the Muppets and Star Wars. Uh-huh. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's just because of where that where they hit me mm-hmm. in life, and you know when did the show go on the air? Was that like seventy seven? That's a very good question. I was actually just looking that up, and then my phone. I'd be willing to bet it was at seventy eight, seventy seven, mm-hmm. around that same time frame as when I was in love with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I did happen to read today. I did a little bit of research on the movie because there was I realized there's a lot about it I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, they apparently filmed it during a break in the season. Like they, they, the way they break up seasons now, there was a break in like season two or three, but, and, and they went off and shot the movie. Wow. Yeah. That's Um, insane. Yeah. So, um, 76. Okay. Yeah. All right. So So, yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Were were you a Sesame Street kid before that? I mean, were the Muppets a part of your life? I was, you know, hey, I was one of the original Sesame Street kids, really. I was three years old when Sesame Street went on the air. Yeah, there you go. So I was first gen Sesame Street. And I don't really, honestly, I don't remember it, like, I don't remember watching it, but I remember it being in the house. I had a record. In fact, I may still have it. I need to look. Um, With some of the songs, you know, Who Are the People in Your Neighborhood? Mm Mm-hmm. I got two hands, one, two. You know, it's those songs. Um, and I think it's got It's Not Easy Being Green on it. Uh, makes sense. Um, that makes, I wonder if I have yeah. that one. I have a bunch that are in horrible condition. They were they released a bunch of Sesame Street albums that I, I, I'm still discovering them as I go. The, this one, I remember the songs that involve the people, like Susan and Gordon and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember their mm-hmm. names. Um, they were on the record, but the Muppet voices were not like the oh. i don't know who's saying it's not easy being green but that's it, weird yeah it wasn't kermit yeah yeah and that's kind of why i want to find it because i'm like did i did i make that up or was i just playing it at the wrong rpms or <laughs> you know because we had you know the record players not only had 33 and 45 they also had 78 yeah i'm, I'm man i miss so that every now and then i know right so every now and then you'd, you'd, you'd get something wrong <laughs> Um, <laughs> but he, you know, and I was a, I, I don't even know, I guess I had, a, I guess I just had a record player when I was little and I had records. So God knows what condition it's, it's in, mm-hmm. um, Were, if I have it. Was there stuff that was getting passed down to you by your parents or that you stole from your parents? I mean, you grabbed yes. one from your brother, yes. which is a common story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I just sort of, 
adopted his copy of Let's Get Small, and I stole some stuff from. I have an older sister; she's six years older than me, so I stole some stuff from her too. Um, Mom and Dad, you know, they weren't listening to their records anymore, and they were just the records were just like in the attic. So I would go up there and dig through them, and that's where I discovered the first family. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of they didn't have a lot of comedy other than that. Later, I stole their um, their Frank Sinatra LPs. Okay, see there you go. Um, yeah, and I mean like they're the original 1959, you know, in the wee small hours and songs for swinging lovers and those. I mean that's you know they got married in 1959, so mm-hmm. they were in that you know Frank wheelhouse mm-hmm. of those those great Columbia records. So it, that I got music from mom and dad. I didn't get. They didn't have comedy records. Um, my sister, like I said, who's older than me, she didn't have comedy records, but she had a boyfriend who had comedy records. Hmm. In fact, he may be the one who brought us Jerry Clower, quite frankly. Okay. But you know what else he had? He had what it was. It was football. Oh, okay, sure. The Andy Griffith. Um, that's the first place I heard that. And we were already big fans of the show, so I already knew Andy Griffith as a, as a quantity and of course, in the early goings of that show, he would kind of work in some of his act a mm-hmm. little bit. I remember there's there's one uh, where, where he has a bit about Romeo and Juliet, and he kind of works that into an episode about these two kids that are, you know, their families are feuding and the kids are you know, in love. Um, but what it was, it was football was was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, actually, this reminds me. I wanted to tell you a story about that. Um, Years ago, I was watching the Tonight. I was a huge Tonight Show fan as a kid. We, my dad would like it, and I would like it, and they had comedians on. And I would always, if there was a comedian, I would watch. And so I was a big Johnny Carson fan, big Tonight Show fan. I just loved watching the guests come in. One time in the eighties, I guess. Well, it was whenever Matlock debuted. Mm-hmm. Andy Griffith was the guest to pimp the Matlock. Matlock started as like a two-hour TV pilot. Right? Oh, right, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it wasn't a pilot per se. I guess the show was already picked up, but it was a premiere episode. Mm-hmm. And the villain, the killer of the week, was Dick Van Dyke. Awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, um, Andy goes on The Tonight Show, but Johnny's not there. The guest host is Bill Cosby. Mm. Remember when Cosby used to guest host every now and then for Johnny? And um, the fin- the funny thing is, so I'm watching it. I'm 15 or 16 or whatever. Andy comes out, and he and... Bill Cosby give each other this giant bear hug. And I realized later, I'm like, oh, you know, Desi Lou. Because I Spy was a Desi Lou show. Oh, yeah. And so, and so was Andy Griffith. And so was um, Dick Van Dyke. So they probably had all known each other for 20-something years at that point. On the show, Andy Griffith tells this story about the first time he met Dick Van Dyke. And he was it was in Atlanta. So of course my ears prick up at that point because mm-hmm. you know anytime anyone mentioned Atlanta when I was a kid I was like what Atlanta we're important people pay attention <laughs> um, and um, Andy was was doing a tour behind what it was it was football and he was in a radio station and he heard it playing down the hall and he went down and in one of the booths was Dick Van Dyke sitting in a stool on a stool um, mouthing the words to it <laughs> like lip syncing to it. And at that time, he had a show, a live show on on in Atlanta, um, called the Merry Mutes. He had a partner, a guy named Phil Erickson, and uh, this was before the Dick Van Dyke show, before he went to Hollywood and 
you know, all that stuff. He had a live show in Atlanta and they would, they were record mimes. That was a thing. Wow. They would, they would play like a hit song, you know, and <laughs> Phil, Phil had, it was like a short squatty guy with a wide face. So they looked like, you know, and then Dick Van Dyke is a tall guy with a long face, you know, they were just funny next to each other. And I've seen clips from it. And then Phil Erickson formed a, um, a comedy troupe, um, like a nightclub group called, they weren't like improv. They wrote stuff and they did an act. It was called the, um, the wits end players. Mm -hmm. And one of the graduates of that group was Jan hooks. Oh yeah. So he had a, Phil Erickson had a, went on to have a career here as a comedy guy. And, uh, Nick Van Dyke went on. So that's my, what it was. It was football story. So, yeah, so my this guy, and then actually, so my sister and her boyfriend, they came home one Saturday night, and they were like, oh, this new show's coming on TV tonight at 11.30, we got to watch it. So there I am, eight years old, watching George Carlin host the first SNL. Exactly. She just walked out on me. Yeah, typical. That's why I live alone. You do, huh? You bet. I finish work, I go home, read a book, have a couple of beers, take myself for a walk, and go to bed. Nice and simple. Stay away from women. That's my motto. But I can't. Neither can I. That's my trouble. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it cause the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. I see what you mean. It's no good complaining and pointless to holler If she's a beauty she'll get under your collar She made a monkey out of old King Kong I hope that something better comes along I got exposed to that stuff pretty early too and it was it was cool you know because yeah. the high school kids were watching it you know my sister was 16 or whatever you know so I got exposed to that stuff pretty early. I, I think I got everything more or less from TV, mm -hmm. except for until until Steve Martin came along, and sure. then um, and, and I still didn't have a lot of comedy records after that. I had a Bill Cosby and and Robin Williams, um, you know, Reality What a Concept, mm -hmm. and then and then Monty Python, which that's another story for another time. <laughs> and 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 oh, I'm I'm looking forward to us doing that again. Um, <laughs> the, do you? Was this was the Muppet movie something you really, really, really were looking forward to after seeing the show? Was it like something you yeah. had to wait for? Yeah, um, you know, I don't remember like being in anticipation for it, of uh -huh. it because I don't know that the you know it's not like now where you you know you know movies are coming two years down the pike. Um, but when it when it came out, I was excited, really, really excited, and I saw it with my grandmother. Okay, um, because my grandparents were big fans of the Muppet show, That's huge awesome. fans. Um, I, my grandfather was a in particular loved Fozzie bear. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's a guy who had a, he, he, he really loved a corny, a corny joke. Uh -huh. And I think, you know, I mean, they were old, <laughs> you know, they were, they were, they were born in my, my grandfather was born in 1903. So by 19, you know, he was in his 70s mm -hmm. um, and thank God he lived to his 90s, but he was in his 70s when that show came out. So, I, you know, I think the, I think there's a vaudeville aspect to all that that, that sure. I'm sure appealed to them. Um, and but he was sharp um, humor wise. So the the jokes didn't have to be old and corny. I think they just liked the form. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and then the jokes were, were mostly pretty funny, pretty sharp, you know? Um, so they loved it. So she couldn't wait to go see it. So we went, we went and saw it. I remember, I remember, I, I, I know the, I remember the theater. I know where we went. I know where we saw it. I kind of like that with most of the movies I saw as a kid, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no. And she, she loved it. And then I think we went and saw the great Muppet caper together too, when it came out. In fact, I know we did because we laughed ourselves silly at the big <laughs> musical numbers. Yeah, of course. God, <laughs> you know, it's been forever since I've seen that. Uh, but I am drinking out of a great Muppet caper glass right now. I just in honor of what <laughs> we're talking about right now. This is very nice. A friend of I actually got really me a vintage Muppet caper glass and it's a great shape. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh-huh. From like Bur- from like Burger King, was it like? A- I'm trying to see which one. Oh, McDonald's actually, McDonald's. Uh, yep, there you go. I I feel like I remember those. Um, so yeah, so we I was, and you know the funny thing is though, I think I only saw it one time mm-hmm. in the theater. Um, which I guess isn't that unusual. I mean, you know, but there were a lot of movies I saw more than once. Mm-hmm. James but Bond it does still it does still Star stick Wars. like you said it does still stick in your yeah. head in the same way that Star Wars did. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's something about seeing back then. I don't. I feel like every movie stuck in my head better back then, you know, because I don't know. It's almost like your brain was trained to just like commit it to memory because you it wasn't so easy to see it again. Sure, you know, sure. Without you know before HBO and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean immediately now if there's something you remembered from it you very likely can find something about it online which is great right. but it, it does i mean you know and uh, i don't know i don't know if it's it's great that things are less precious now or not but it, i do re- distinctly remember the feeling that you're talking about and then when the internet yeah. came out i was like oh sh-. i mean it was a perfect time for me i'm like oh good i don't i don't have to try anymore so this is great so it, it was <laughs> yeah there's 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 plenty to be said for the readily available <laughs> wealth of content that you, we all have do you have some, a favorite from this album i'm guessing it's not one of the instrumental tracks i've been trying to kind of come to grips with that um unfortunately i think my favorite one is not particularly funny uh-huh. and but truthfully my i've just i love i'm going to go back there someday yep i just i've always loved that song mm-hmm. i i literally since i was 12 years old i can't even you know, if I'm walking outside now, if I go out to the mailbox and it's late at night and it's quiet out and their stars are out, that song will come into my head. I mean, it did. It happened last week. That's amazing. It still will do that. It yeah. has always done that. And maybe I was just a kid that liked to sit outside and stare at the stars. And maybe that that scene appealed to me, you know, mm-hmm. because it takes place when they're around the campfire and Gonzo's remembering when he flew away with the balloons and all that stuff. But I, you know, it's sappy as hell. I know, but I can't help it. I just, yeah, I love it. Um, now from a humor standpoint, I love, I hope the something better comes along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've always been a big Rolf fan anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, uh, his track with John Denver on the, they, they sing, um, uh, and the, on the Christmas album, they sing uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," and that's probably still my favorite track from that album too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about him I love, and of course, that's that's Jim Henson. Uh, you know, the there's something there's something that's always been great to me about the fact that it's Jim Henson duetting with himself. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh God, I never really thought about that. That's hysterical. You're right. It's, yeah, it's delightful, and Rolf is oh, great. God. He's just a good character. Uh, He's a fantastic character. 
I don't know why I like it so much. Uh, well, you know, Roth was the first big star, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Back in he did the dog food commercials. Yeah, there we go. There we go. He used to come on to. I just happen to know this. He used to go on when Jimmy Dean had a variety show. And Rolf would, and, and at that time, the Muppets were doing commercials. That's mm-hmm. what they did. And um, Rolf would do these dog food commercials. I can't remember the name of it. And he would actually come on the show and, you know, well, Rolf, what's going on? And they do a little sketch and then Rolf would do, Rolf would do the pitch for the, for the food. And then that would be, it was, you know, basically woven into the show more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became a big deal from that. Um uh, so I'd say he was kind of a first big standout star. Now, you know, they, they had that they, again, this goes back to my parents. They had a live show in Washington, in DC, the oh, Henson yeah. did mm-hmm. salmon friends. At that time, my parents, my dad was in the Navy and they were stationed in DC and they used to watch salmon friends on live TV then. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So when the Muppet show came on, they were like, Oh, we've, we used to watch the Muppets back then and and i think rolf was on that show a lot too so um yeah he was a, he was a big deal he was he was one of their he's like one of the oldest muppets yeah um i'll uh, i'll uh some of this by the way i uh, in atlanta we have the center for puppetry arts do you know about this you mentioned it in an email but i don't know anything about it and i'm surprised i don't because when i was a kid i really thought i was going to be a puppeteer okay well get get yourself out here it's phenomenal it's um it it it's literally a puppetry arts center Mm -hmm. (laughs) they they make puppets they do shows they do experimental puppetry theater once a month they um it's i've known people that were puppeteers there i now have a friend there that works in like the marketing department um they show movies um uh, you have to actually like pay for a membership to go to the movie because they can't charge you to go to see the movie or is there some kind of like, you know, it, 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 they, you can't, they can't show it for free or something like that. Oh, gotcha. Okay, with, sure. Like, th- those rights. But anyway, um, they also have a puppet museum and um, it started because there was a local puppet troupe called the Vagabond Marionettes and they kind of used that as sort of the basis of the museum. But the Henson family caught on to this. Jim Henson initially did and they've been funneling muppet archival stuff to the to the center oh they just built in the last two or three years a huge big wing that's a big it's a puppet museum half of it is muppets holy shit they have a rolf they have full-size ernie and bird they have a full-size big bird Mm -hmm. i mean in a glass case that's covered with finger and nose prints because every toddler that sees it walks up to it with his arms wide open and bangs <laughs> into the glass. I almost did. Um, it's phenomenal. Oh. Honestly, truthfully, it is weird when you, like I said, I don't remember really watching Sesame Street as a kid. I know I did. Sure. But when I, even now I'm 50 years old, I was there last week cause I wanted to see if they had any stuff from the movie just so I could see if they had it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, Something happens when you see Big Bird. It's the weirdest thing. It's like I just wanted to like sit down on the floor, cross-legged, and, <laughs> and just stare at him. It's the weirdest thing. I can't even explain it. It's so strange. But anyway, uh, the place is phenomenal. It's fantastic. And right now they've got a huge uh, labyrinth 
uh, oh, display really? with, with with puppets and props and photos and um, videos, behind the scenes stuff. I don't know how long it's going to be there, but that's their kind of, you know, they, they have sort of their standing, like most museums, they have their standing stuff that stays there. And then they have, they do like, you know, shows that, you know, come through. Um, but even their Muppet stuff, they've got so much of it that they just rotate it out every once in a while. They'll just pull something out. But they have um, a full room that's basically like a Muppet workshop with like all the drawers and the noses and the eyeballs. Oh, man. And the, it's a it's a recreation of the Muppet workshop. They have Jim Henson's desk with like oh. bric-a-brac and stuff on it. Notes that he was writing to himself. Um, Sket doodles. Guy, we guy doodled every. He just must have just done nothing but draw all day long. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, I'm just fascinated by that guy. He's just fascinating to me. Everybody's lover, everybody's brother. I want to be a lifetime friend. Crazy as a rocket, nothing in my pocket. I keep it at the rainbow's end. I never think of money, I think of milk and honey. Grinning like a Cheshire cat. I focus on the pleasure, something I can treasure. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? I, yeah, that is that is that's a reason enough to come to Atlanta now. I mean, like it, that is it that really is. is. I mean, the family has absolutely. I mean, there's family photos on the walls that's of so like cool. when the when like Brian and the other kid, Brian Henson and the kids are all little. It's the '70s. They got crazy hair. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, they really they they basically just adopted it, and I think because it's so unique. And and Jim was just like, I'm going to support this, and I'm yeah. going to throw everything I've got at it. So. It is fantastic. Um, I wish I could tell you. I want to. I wish I could tell you like their website or something like that to, as a plug kind of a thing. But it's the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta, and it's it's really wonderful. It's really really terrific. That's amazing. Um, I just reminded myself, by the way, uh, talking about um, the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. You know, Kermit the Frog hosted the Tonight Show one time. R- right. Yeah. I've never actually seen that. Now that I think about it, I've got a tape of it. A friend of mine funneled it to me it's it's wonderful it's you know the crazy thing is you know johnny used to come on you know the tonight show used to come on after the news mm-hmm. you know the, the local news is 11 to eleven thirty, and then tonight show would come on and so for years initially the tonight show was an hour and a half long mm-hmm. because they'd make up that half hour to midnight and then they'd go to 1 a.m and that was when jim henson when kermit hosted so, you know, you're watching it and you realize, wait a minute, this isn't Kermit the Frog hosting The Tonight Show. This is Jim Henson hosting The Tonight Show. Yeah. On the on the floor, <laughs> under the desk, that's not a puppet studio desk. It's just a desk that he had to sit under for an hour and a half and talk to, you know, Leo Sayer and whoever else. Now, there are, <laughs> there are several musical numbers in it. Um, actually, Leo Sayer is one of the guests. Um, but it's, it's wonderful. It's terrific. And then the other kind of the other Fozzie comes out, Miss Piggy comes out at one point, the other, some of the other Muppets do come out and, and sit with him and, and talk to the guests and to each other. And it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. But that's, that's amazing to me. It's one thing to be a puppeteer, um, and to sing songs and to act. 
it's another thing to host the Tonight Show. Right. I mean, Bill Cosby hosted the Tonight Show. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, Chevy Chase used to guest host sometimes. You know, I mean, comedians and and but not puppeteers. Mm-hmm. You don't think of a guy that with that depth of talent. And then, of course, you know, he also later directed the movies, mm-hmm. um, the the Muppet movies. I mean, of course, Frank Oz went on and directed other movies as well. Sure. Um, now, the the original Muppet movie was directed by a guy who was like an old TV director that had directed the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked him up too. Um, uh, James Frawley. Oh, okay, yeah. I think it's James. Yep. And he yes, had directed like... He had directed the monkeys, a bunch of episodes of the monkeys. Uh huh. You know, just lots of sitcoms and lots of TV. I think he's actually still directing, like shows like um, Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that. Now, I think he's mm-hmm. still still working. But he directed that first movie, and he had been directing the Muppet Show itself. Um, which, by the way, I mean, I, I mean, it's an embarrassing. I don't even know how old I was but when I figured out. Oh, the Muppet Show, the Muppet movie. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was recently. It was in the last year or probably year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where I went, oh, that's why they called it the Muppet movie. <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like listening to this, though. Okay, so uh, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago, when we did the Muppet Show album, the first one. Right. Uh, right. That was... A, kind of a revelation because I'm like, oh, cool! They did a really great job of putting that together. I I feel like they missed something with this soundtrack album. It would have been really cool to have more like bits from the actual movie, like bits and pieces. But it was, I mean, it's very much about the music. It is only about yeah the music, I guess. But it yeah no, you're right. And and you know, God knows if there's a way for me to love it more as a kid, that would be it. Right. You know. Um, I mean, you had a little line here and there, but usually just to kind of feed into or out of the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know what's funny? I didn't have this the TV show album. I didn't have that album of the show. The, Interesting. Um, so it had, like, dialogue in it and skits and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken... God, see, now, now I'm going to sound like a total idiot because I really did love doing that episode, but I think they're all recreations <laughs> of sketches so that they're more fully developed for sound, the way they did Python sketches. Oh, uh-huh, right. So and, re-recorded. Oh, yeah, interesting. yeah, and they're really good. There's one track that's really weird that's just Robin singing a very depressing little song, um, but the rest of it... <laughs> As rest is Robin's, Robin's want. Uh-huh, apparently. Much, I love that character, don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's, yeah, just, do, it's like, oh, this is a fucking weird weird way to it's just a weird moment on the album uh like a real sad song but um but it's it's a really it's a good album and it's not is it's not easy being green it's got to be on there right i'm trying to remember if it is i mean i'd have to look it up um which by the way he's saying that in the first episode oh did he okay see how that makes sense um but it was already a known thing i think he must have sung it first either on the sesame street i think yeah i think so um it may, well, I know he did because it was on that Sesame Street record I had that mm-hmm. wasn't really Kermit's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> God, now I gotta find that now, <laughs> <laughs> just so I can find out what that was. I remember being really deep like this, like it was <laughs> somebody's like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be a frog? Okay, I'll sing it like this." Yes, it is the last. It's the last track on side B. Um, okay, so okay. 
there's a bunch of very weird things. And there might be one or two things that are like Menomina. I don't think they had to change because it was just a song. Uh, uh, but there are a few oh, other things God. on there that are great. By the way, puppet.org is the official website. Uh, Thank you. So oh, just good. go there. My friend Hillary is going to kill me for not having that memorized. <laughs> well, um, we advertise it. That's fine. There you go. Yeah, so I, I did. I went there last week just because I wanted to see if they had anything. Mm-hmm. And all they had was a movie. All they had was a movie poster. Um, I mean, that's all they have currently out now. I'm sure they have some stuff from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, that poster, um, the album. Did your album come with a poster? Do you know? Because you bought it used. This, uh, right. This one does not have one in it. Uh, which now I'm pissed that I don't have. That. Yeah, mine. Came, it came with a poster, um, and it's the one sheet. It's the full with the full credit block and everything. That's awesome. Um, and I still, I still have it. I pulled it out. Uh, actually, I, I took a picture of it. I was going to send it to you. Just so you can see it. Oh yeah, I definitely want um, to see that. That came with a poster. Again, Star Wars came with a poster. The Christmas uh, John Denver and Christmas that came with a poster. I still oh. have that too. Um, I have. I just. I just took them off my wall and folded them up. Mm-hmm. They've got little. They got little tiny holes in the corners from the 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 uh, thumbtacks that I used to <laughs> tack them up to the wall. Yeah. So that's that was every other people had posters of like you know Kiss. Sure. And, and you know, <laughs> Iron Maiden or I had the Muppets. <laughs> like more than one Muppet poster. <laughs> that is fucking great. If I if I had so had silly. any, I, those would have been on my wall too. I had I had my, which I still have, my German Return of the Jedi poster. Oh. My, a weird poster for the movie Willow that you could get free if you bought enough Velveeta. Not kidding. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember that movie. Sorry, Rick Overton, friend of the show, but I don't remember that movie, but I guess I liked it as a kid. Uh, I did. Yeah, see? I, I, well, I wasn't a kid. I was in college, but mm-hmm. I, like, I liked it. I, I've seen it again. I saw it when it came out on D. I have it. And, and, yeah. Does it hold up? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a great question. Rick Overton's really good in it. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> um yeah, you know what? I'm just a sucker for certain things, and yeah, I liked it. You know, it was the first thing I saw Val Kilmer in, mm-hmm. and he's great. He's the Han Solo of that movie, right? <clears throat> um, so you know, it's um, and I'm a sucker for Ron Howard um, movies. Although, even those kind of some of them have lost their luster. I hope he's not listening, <laughs> but there several of his I'm I'm big, 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 big fan of, and so that's kind of one I'm like. You know, George Lucas and Ron Howard is kind of hard to beat. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know. <clears throat> so, yeah. I, it's it's kind of a cool... It's kind of a cool movie. This looks familiar. Vaguely familiar. Almost unreally soon to feel yet close to my soul. And yet so far. Away, I'm going to go back there someday. Sun rises, night falls, sometimes the sky calls. Is that a song there? And do I belong there? I've never been there. Someday. Now, if we're going to take... 
and I, I wonder uh, if if you if you will recommend this um, only because you know my first instinct would be to say go see the movie first, but let's say somebody yeah. somebody does, somehow doesn't know the Muppets. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, and this is somehow their first exposure. What's a good reason? I mean, here's the thing: I will tell you, like listening to it, at least in terms of nostalgia, is like, oh well, shit, I love that song and love that song. They're all my favorites. Yeah, but. I do. What What do you think? If you're gonna recommend it to somebody who somehow doesn't know the Muppets or know their movies, It'd be a weird situation. Yeah, I know. I, it's hard to imagine that. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even want to listen to it? And let, well, but again, we all listen to weird stuff that yeah. is divorced from its original source. I mean, somebody listened to your Maury Amsterdam album without having seen the Dick Van Dyke show. It's exactly point, right. Know? Um, I keep going back to that. Album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fascinated by it. Um, well, here's the thing. It's hard to not recommend it because it's beautiful. I mean, a lot of it is just, I mean, you know, right off the, the top, you've got the, the, the rainbow connection, which is a really beautiful song. Absolutely. Um, the only maybe sort of off putting thing about the, the album would just be that they're, they're character voices, you know? Mm hmm. I mean, you know, most people don't sound like Kermit the Frog, you know, right. so he, um, but, um, or, or Miss Piggy for that matter. She's the harder one to navigate, um, I think. I love the voice. I love Frank Oz, but I yeah, think that yeah. is, that would throw you. <laughs> you know what cracks me up about that song, honestly, where I laugh at that song is how terrible she is uh-huh. at singing. Uh-huh. And I mean, and I know that's the point, but it's so funny. Like you hear her breathe. Mm-hmm. Like the song starts with that wonderful, like, you know, overture, that big, uh, vi- all the violins, the big orchestral overture. And then right before she starts to sing, you hear her go. That <laughs> 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 just makes me laugh every time. And, and, you know, and then like, and then it ends where she, like, she's supposed to like, the notes are supposed to go up and up and up and up. And then they just, she just breaks toward the top like she can't hit it, you know? Uh-huh. She's just, like, screaming it, trying to get it out. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's not a it's not a comedy album, per se, and it's not... The songs aren't just pure comedy, but there's some humor in there. Oh, yeah. And and, and I think that might be accessible to a, a, a newcomer. Yeah. Um... um so yeah, it's like I said, it's hard not to recommend it because I love it so much. Of course, um, but I would—it'd be impossible to recommend it without saying, if at all possible, see the movie first. Um, but again, I mean, that movie might be weird to people. Yeah, yeah, that aren't familiar. But you know what's interesting? I and looking it up today, it's it's on that. Um, it's on the film registry, the National Film Registry. That film preservation. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, yeah. The Library of Congress has that. They add like five or ten films every year. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's in there. It it's been set as a as a landmark film. Yeah, which wonderful. I, absolutely. I mean, it's I, I'm assuming the first feature length movie to feature as its main character puppets. I, I it would is be my guess. It is okay. It so is. There we go. Yeah, they said that it's like the first time, and that's an interesting thing too. One of the things that they did, and, and I think these are on YouTube, one of the things that they did was, um, before they shot the movie, was just they took the Muppets outside. And they were making the show in London, so they, they filmed them around London. Mm-hmm. And I realized, and that confirmed something for me that I was thinking about, we had never seen the Muppets outside before. Yeah, that's a good point. They were always in a studio. 
even if the studio was supposed to look like outside. It, they had never been in the real world before. Mm-hmm. So that was new to fans of the Muppets to see them in, interacting in the yeah, real that's world. that's a good point. And yeah, it was the first film feature film to start. Actually, the, they said the, rain, the song, The Rainbow Connection, one of the things that's interesting about that moment in the movie, about that opening of the movie, is that's the first time you see full body Kermit. Oh, wow. And, you know, with his legs sitting up and mm-hmm. his foot is tapping and he's playing the banjo. And by the way, it took him five days to film that. Jesus. And Jim Henson was underwater. In a friggin' tank, time. right? God, In that's tank crazy. With video playback, breathing through a snorkel and his arm through like a vinyl sleeve or something like that into the puppet. I feel like that man is lucky he lasted until days. the 90s. I bet he put himself in that kind of danger for art a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I always see, you know, they have pictures all over the, the, the Center for Publishing Arts of them performing. And so mm-hmm. they're standing up and their arms are fully outstretched. Yeah. Like they're trying to catch a freaking pop fly that's <laughs> going to go over the wall. Like, and I was thinking to myself, what does that do to your body? Exactly. Yeah, I've always wanted Stretching that. like that, you know, and, 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 and just, I mean, I can't, I mean, sometimes my hand falls asleep driving because right. of like the blood rush. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not young. And, um, <laughs> It's it's amazing to me. Um, anyway, so I, I got, but I read that and I thought that's really fascinating when you think about it. That the idea of not not a puppet from the waist up mm-hmm. like Charlie McCarthy, or a puppet that you you know where you know where the puppeteer is. This is yeah. a freestanding puppet, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really yeah, that's kind of amazing. Um, and then like the next time you see him, he's riding a bicycle. So they were, you know, one of the things they wanted to do was let's 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 enlarge this concept of what Muppets are about, um, um, you know, unless it's a guy in a costume like Big Bird, right, right, know? right. But um, yeah, so the, you know, they're, they're, I don't know how we got off on this tangent, <laughs> except that uh, I find that remarkable. Um, and the other thing, and this is a, a storytelling thing for me that I think is interesting. That song, Rainbow Connection, it gets really big at the end. It just, it's beautiful the way it grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that's almost like a showstopper song. It's hard to imagine how you would break away from that song and get into a movie. And yet that's the beginning of yeah, the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and yep, as soon as it's over, man, here comes, was it James Coco in the boat? Uh-huh you know lost (laughs) which is funny you know just that whole idea that he would just you know be lost and he's in a rowboat and he's trying to get back to hollywood and he asks the frog (laughs) yeah um there's some funny meta stuff in the movie that i think appealed to me um they they break the fourth wall um at one point dr teeth they find them because he reads that they left the script behind (laughs) God, that probably informs so much of my comedy right there. That just yeah. that one bit. Yeah, yeah. And again, but that's also very Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that reminds me of was it is a duck amuck where the whole cartoon is somebody drawing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's a very similar idea. This idea that they somehow live in this sort of <clears throat> creative netherworld. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, back to whether it's uh, you know I I I yeah I recommend it wholeheartedly because I just think it's beautiful and it's wonderful, and 
some people may listen to it and just never get it. And some people may listen to it and be like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They may be disappointed by the movie because they love the album so much. But, you know, again, that's no different from any other comedy. Sure. You know, I mean, you lock into it or you don't. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, first of all, this has been a ton of fun. I mean, I could obviously go on talking about Muppets with you all day, but... <laughs> Uh, do we'll do you, great Muppet capers sometime. <laughs> yeah, that would be a ton of fun. Do you have uh, anything that's coming up that we should know? Any shows that you're working on or anything? This episode is going to come out on. When is it coming out? Hold on, I have it here somewhere. I promise you. Oh, you know, as far away as March twenty second. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll be in. I'll be in London then. By Ooh. the way, my first trip to London. Oh, it's beautiful. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Well, I'm working on on uh, Squidbillies. Uh, is is my current gig um since aquatine has gone off the air i uh transitioned over to squidbilly so we are working on new episodes we've got uh it looked like we were kind of winding down but i think we've gotten another lease awesome uh so we're working on new episodes now i'm not sure when they air probably in the fall but um you know it's i love that show it's a great show mm-hmm. um and there's some really terrific episodes coming and uh so that's what I'm working on now. Um, and then I will, I don't know when it's going to come out, but I do have a buddy that you, I, I got you in touch with him. His name is also Jason. Mm-hmm. And he and I have for over a year been talking about a podcast because apparently you can't, you're not allowed to vote anymore unless you have a podcast. Absolutely right. Um, so I don't know when it'll come, but uh, we're calling it the two B's. Mm-hmm. It's about these sort of cultural cross section between uh, the Bond movies or the Bond phenomenon and the Beatle phenomenon and how it hit and where it hit and why it hit and why it was big. and Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I will immediately subscribe because that sounds fascinating. It. I hope it will be. <laughs> I hope it will be. Um, and by the way, you're helping me with it and you don't because you've forced me to buy a microphone and uh, learn how to use uh, programming that, <laughs> that will <laughs> make that possible. <laughs> Any way that I can participate in another podcast, you know. Yeah, I know, right? You're giving back. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. So yeah, that's 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 me in a nutshell. Can people follow you on Twitter? Um, I don't have a Twitter account. You do not. I have did. Uh-huh. I have one. Uh-huh. I mean, it's out there, but it has. Uh, it I I got locked out. I had like an old. Yeah, I got locked out of it basically Son of a because bitch. my old email I can't access anymore. So I need to get that. I, I've been wanting to do that, and I, I, in fact, I meant to do it before we did this, so I could tell everybody to follow it. Well, but, by the time this comes out, it will be. I'll be able to put it on the the page of this episode, so people will be able to see whatever it is. Perfect. So. That's actually would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. I always do that. And if the and if the two Bs are up and running by then, then we'll uh, we'll put that in there too. Well, that'll be fun. I'm excited Great. to hear it. Um, well, thank you guys very much for listening. Um, and, uh, you know what? I'm doing a comedy album a day, trying to, I'm a little bit behind right now, but I'm listening to a comedy album a day for all of 2017. By the end of the year, no matter what, it'll be 365 that I will have listened to or more. Um, so if you go to youtube.com slash comedy on vinyl, uh, they'll be right there. There's a, if actually, if you go to bit.ly forward slash, uh, comedy album a day, that'll take you right to the playlist. So you can just watch them there. There are advertisements. I apologize, but I need to make money. Um, also, if you go to, uh, by the time this comes out, I'll be finalizing or beginning finalizing my next 
feature film. If you go to lookingforwardmovie.com, you can catch up on the 183 videos and 15 plus hours of footage that we put out up for it last year. Go ahead. Please watch it all. I demand that you watch it all. That That's still out there. Go to bit.com ly forward slash soaptown dvd to watch my uh, documentary soaptown lords of soaptown that should be coming out streaming soon as well if it is i'll insert something here telling you where the hell to find that and that's enough for my bullshit um again ned thank you for doing the show please come back thank you jason oh, I, I hope to i can't wait thank you. thank you of course thank you guys for listening and as always have a good thing Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune into the new Stand Up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. When we're kids, I show off at school, making faces at friends. You're a clown and a fool, doing frat balls and bird balls and bad imitations, ignoring your homework. There's that dedication. You work through the mirror. You're getting standing ovations. You're burning with hope. You're building up steam What was once juvenile-ish Is grown up and stylish You're close to your dream Getting somebody out there loud